You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 25th of January. Oh boy, were we great against the Warriors. We'll talk about that, try to figure out what's going on and what is sustainable and what isn't from the Utah Jazz. Plus, it's a Monday trends look of what's taking place around the rest of the league. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Hope you're doing super. Bunch of notes for you to start. All right, with all your help, I figured out the weekly schedule. We're going to do Mondays, we're going to do the trends like we always do. Tuesdays, we're going to do power rankings. Wednesdays, I thought I'd go through kind of the week of Quinn Snyder coaches show and find the best pieces. Thursday, we'll either do like question bag, Twitter, um, or, you know, something, or a live show. Some people ask for calls of the week, which is an interesting idea. Feels really arrogant. And then five will be points gained. So that's the plan um, on that. All right. News note number two. Brand new Locked On Podcast Network show. Pretty fired up about it. We've expanded out into kind of beyond just the daily sports team-centric shows with Locked On Bets. And this is Locked On Today. Uh, For the old guys out there, I would say it's a combination of NPR up first with a little PTI in it. Um, it's a daily sports show, 20 minutes, kind of covering all the big topics of the day in the sports world, catching you up to date on everything you need to know. Um, so if you're, you know, you want to know what's going on in the whole sports world, um, it's there for you. It's pretty excited about it. Peter Bukowski's, uh, posting it. Last news note for you. It's Kobe's one year anniversary of his passing. And, uh, we are, uh, Rejecting the screen is taking the collection of all of their interviews over the last few years in which Kobe came up and has taken the Kobe stories and put them together. So uh, that's a bunch of news notes for you. So I, I really just am occupying all your listening. Oh, and I was on Lockdown NBA today. All right, let's get to it. Uh, the Jazz have won eight straight. There are seem to be four teams in the NBA that are separating themselves from everybody else. Maybe three. The Lakers, Clippers, Jazz, and the Bucks. Philadelphia looks pretty good. They haven't played a lot of people. Boston gets Tatum back. It's, you know, Dallas is probably coming. Denver's probably coming. Frankly, it's hard to tell sometimes because of the COVID. Uh, teams lacking. But we were pretty fabulous against Golden State. We warriored the Warriors. Steve Kerr said it afterwards, basically. They're what we were a few years ago. And that's, frankly, what the Jazz looked like that night. They took 53s out of 94 shots, which is a remarkably high rate. They made 20 of them, which is right on their season average. The Jazz have now made 20 or more threes as many times this year as they have in their entire franchise history. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So the Jazz made... 23s for the third time in four games. The fifth time in seven games. The sixth time in nine games. And they've done it now 
I think that's actually second time in three games, fourth time in six games, fifth time in eight games. They did it one other time this year. That is now six times all year. And that is as many times as the Jazz in franchise history ever had 23s in a game. When we hit, I mean, some of the, we're winning a lot. So the trends start to get, you know, they're pretty skewed right now. Um, But when we go and take threes, we win. Like that's, you know, right now when we, when we go get off, we're seven and one when we take four, eight and one now when we take 43 point shots. Eight and one. Uh, the live ball turnover issue, we had nine the other night because it got against the Pelicans because we only had six against the Warriors. We've actually kind of taken care of that problem. Our offensive rating, 112 is like pretty good. Like we're at 112 for the season. We're fifth best in the league. Our offensive rating in the win streak, Bucks 128, Cavaliers 120. Pelicans 121, Pelicans 121, Warriors 120. Like, you put up a 120, I'm guessing you win. It's 10 points off norm. Same way we talk about you hold someone under 100 and we win. Well, all of a sudden, defensively, in six of the last 12 quarters, we've held our opponent to under 100 offensive rating. Our offensive rating in five of the last seven games has been 102 or better. Detroit 92, Cavaliers 89, Atlanta 87, Pelicans 102, but it was better than that until the fourth quarter. Golden State 101. We're flat out really, really, really good right now. We're playing collectively. We're good offensively. We're good defensively. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Cleaning the glass, which eliminates blowout time, has us as the second best differential in the NBA at plus 10.8. The Lakers are better. An offensive ranking that's the fourth best in the NBA, the defensive ranking is the second best in the NBA. Over the last two weeks, we're the number one offense and number two defense. We'll get to that in our, in our trends. Teams in the NBA that are in the top 10 in both offense and defense. The Lakers are seventh offensively, number one defensively. We're four and two, so we're the only one that's top five. Atlanta is 10th offensively and seventh defensively. We'll see how long that lasts. And that's it. Phoenix is 11th offensively and 9th defensively, so they're knocking on the door. Milwaukee has slipped to 13th defensively, and the Clippers are 19th defensively. And Denver's 20th defensively are the good offensive teams. The good defensive teams are the Jazz and the Lakers, Memphis, who's terrible offensively, and New York, who's terrible offensively. So right now, we're about as good as you can be. Just been brilliant. And Quinn Snyder points out that some of the defensive stuff he thinks is continuity. A lot of people talk about the offensive being continuity, which it pro- you know is 
caught, we thought when the year started that the Jazz would have an advantage with a short training camp and having basically the same roster back and having faves back. That we really didn't, every single player who's playing for us, we're not asking any young players to contribute. Every single player that's been with us has been with the team. We haven't been stricken by COVID absences. And we're all sitting there understanding, or all the players are understanding exactly what they're supposed to do. And so in turn, what you're getting out of this team right now is everything we anticipated. That kind of continuity. And then the last one was the offseason move was to go get Derek Favors on the floor and make it so that when Rudy Gobert leaves the floor, that we're still good. Well, when Rudy Gobert is on the floor right now, and boy, is he awesome. Holy smokes. I mean, he is just, I don't know what the numbers say. He has just been great. Like, he just changes everything every minute of every game. Uh, When Rudy is on the floor right now, we are in the 97th percentile, plus 15. 79th percentile offensively, 96% defensively. It's better than we were a year ago. And when Rudy Gobert is off the floor, instead of minus six like we were last year, we're now plus 1.6. What's interesting and worth keeping an eye on is we're really surviving in this group because of its offense. When Gobert is off the floor offensively, we're in the 87th percentile. We don't turn the ball over. We offensively rebound a lot. We're shooting it really well. When, however, the defense is in the 16th percentile this year, a 116.1 with Rudy Gobert off the floor. What's interesting about that is last year when the Jazz, when Rudy Gobert was off the floor, the defense was in the 16th percentile with a 115.6, so virtually the exact same. They just weren't as good offensively. It really tells you how truly unbelievable, truly, truly, truly unbelievable Rudy Gobert is defensively. I mean, when Rudy go, it's not like Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, and Boyan Bogdanovich, who Rudy Gobert is starting with, are elite-level defensive players. Like, this is Royce O'Neal is the guy who's getting our defensive assignments So our defense, when Rudy Gobert is on the court this year, is a 100.7 in the 96th percentile. And when he leaves, it's in the 16th percentile. It's a 116.1. And and I probably, you know what? Let me do one thing. Let me do one thing to fix this so it doesn't sound like that's all on faves. Because some of that's some of our blowout time. So when faves is on the floor... We're plus 3.1. Our defense is in the 23rd percentile, and it's a 115.3, right? Just so that we don't throw the bench. Right? I just want to make sure that I, I was doing it with just Gobert off the floor, but if I got to do Gobert off and Derek on, it's a little bit better. It's still not great. And it's still that Faves is doing an unbelievable job 
with his offensive prowess and how great they are offensively. They're getting 30% of their offensive rebounds. They're a plus 3.1. That plus 3.1 is a big deal. We were minus six last year. It's a big deal. But it also tells you how truly amazing Rudy is. Today's show brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. If you caught the new program, Locked on Bets, Lee Sterling and the crew having an absolutely fabulous run at it. Super, really fun show. Like, really, any show that ever has the line, um, you're backing up a truck for a hooker um, after the UFC fight, before the UFC fight the other day. Um, and Dan Hooker then proceeded to to win that fight. Or no, he didn't, actually. I think he lost that fight in a... Uh, he got knocked out in the first round, which was a little bit of a surprise. So, uh, locked on bets. That whole fi- that whole thing was a fight. It was a surprise. With Conor McGregor getting knocked out, UFC was crazy. Anyway, locked on bets. They touch on it all, whether it's the UFC, whether it's the NFL, uh, Super Bowl props coming up, NBA action. Go check it all out at Locked on Bets. It's all brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. That's our exclusive sponsor. And with the promo code Locked On. You can get 50% off uh, as a welcome bonus. So get into the action. Have some fun with it. If you listen to this show, you probably know an awful lot, and you can have some fun uh, jumping all over it. So betonline.ag and uh, jump aboard and uh, with the promo code locked on. Take advantage of all the fun they have as well. Uh, they'll have great prop bets. They'll have super uh, they have a really, I, I admire them. They have a very, very good time over at betonline.ag. Also brought to you today by Built Bar. Candy bar, protein bar, or both. Tastes that good. It's hard to tell. And the macros are unbelievable. 100% real chocolate. 100% really, really good. Whether it's the mint brownie, the double chocolate, the raspberry. I had the orange just the other day right before skiing. The peanut butter brownie won the chocolate taste test, won the nut taste test in our house, which I did not participate in. The macros are amazing when you compare it to the leading men's bar out there. It's 120 fewer calories, three and a half fat grams less, 34 fewer carbs, 17 fewer grams of sugar, while still getting the same amount of fiber and seven more grams of protein. It's all at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. So make sure you check it out and jump over at BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCKEDON. Candy bar? Protein bar? Hard to tell the difference. Check it out at BuiltBar.com. So the real question every Jazz fan is asking is, how good are we and is it sustainable? So the first answer to your question is we're really good. They're good. Now, I don't know that they're better than the Clippers and Lakers because you know what? The Clippers and Lakers are really, really good too. So that's like the first thing that jumps out to me. What's sustainable and what's not is a really interesting question for us right now. So the best way to look at what we're doing is, is to look inside the four factors. So we're the third best effective field goal percentage shooting team in the league at 57%. And the league average is 53.5. And that feels high. I don't know that you can have your effective field goal percentage being that much higher than league average. So the way I 
the way I looked at it today, I was like, okay, well, let's look at a full season. 1920 is kind of a funky full season because of the bubble, but let's look at a full season. The best shooting team in the league was 53.2, and the teams that were at the top were two percentage points above it, and most of the teams below. So on effective field goal percentage, there's like a four percentage points variance from the top to the bottom. And right now, we're about a point and a half above that. So that leads me to say, like, okay, our shooting is a little abnormal right now. But so is the Clippers. They're at 58% effective field goal percentage. And Brooklyn's at 58. And Milwaukee's at 57. So the four of us are all, you know, three and a half points plus above where league average is. And by the end of the year, that number usually comes down. Even if you go to the 18-19 season, because I do get nervous with all numbers from last year, and you look at the 18-19 season, the average was 52.7. Now, in this case, you had the Warriors, the greatest shooting team in the league, and they were a percentage half better than the rest of the league. So you go to the second team, Milwaukee, they're 55.4. They were 1.7 points off league average. So I, it seems unlikely that we can continue to shoot at quite the same rate that we're shooting. But, as I said, it's not likely that the Clippers can either. And the Lakers are probably right about where they're going to be at 55.9. So that number will likely come down a little bit. Our turnover number seems to be what it is. We've gotten control of it a little bit. We're 22nd in the league. At this point, honestly, you know, if you look at it, the fourth-ranked team in the league is 12.7 percentage of their possessions, and we're 15.2. So it's two possessions a night difference. If it leads to a few shots, that seems immaterial. You got to just stay out of being 30, 29, 28, 27. Like, just stay out of the realm. The, we're the number two offensive team in the league at 28.8. Seems a little high. Um, but you know what? If you look back at last year and the year prior, there's always like four or five teams that kind of actually decide they're going to offensive rebound. And they're two and a half percentage points better than the rest of the league. And that's where we are right now. We're three and a half percentage points better than the rest of the league. So that feels a little high. So that's probably coming down a little bit. Our free throw rate is 29th in the league. That actually seems too low. Now, maybe with our propensity for shooting threes, we're not going to shoot as many free throws. But the fact is, I feel like that number will come up a little bit. And it doesn't take it a lot to come up and get kind of we're into things. Okay? So let's look at defense. We're the number two effective field goal percentage defense in the league. at fifth In the league average is 53.5 and we're at 50 flat out so if we go back to the 18-19 season we were number one in the league we were 2.1 points better than the league average and we were the best in the league there were a bunch of teams around us we weren't like far above we were again the defensive realm was two last year same concept the best team was Milwaukee was way better than everyone else actually they were like three and three points better they're almost four than the league average. Toronto was two, and they were two and a half. So that realm seems to be that we probably are effective field goal percentage. If we're going to even, if we're deciding we're best in the league, three and a half seems like a lot. So that number is going to come down a little bit. Okay, so suddenly the two shooting numbers that have us at plus as the number, we might still be the number one team in the league. We could still be one of the best, but the the rate which we're doing both our shooting and our defensive effective field goal percentage seem unlikely seem like they're gonna they're gonna slide a little bit now remember 
our differential is plus 11 right now. So that differential comes down. Our turnover rate, we're not forcing turnovers. We've never forced turnovers. It's not outrageous. It's two percentage points off league average. Again, it's like, okay, whatever. Offense, defensive rebounding, we're eighth in the league seems right. Not fouling seems completely legit. Now, are we not, we're the number one not fouling team with the rate and we're way, way better than anyone else in the league. In fact, we're at 14.1 foul rate, which is how many free throws does the opponent make per 100 field goals attempted. The Lakers are at 14.7 and Milwaukee's at 14.9, at 15.9. If you look at that number last year, the best in the league were Charlotte and Cleveland, and they were actually way better than the rest of the league. They were 16.2 compared to the league average of 20. And if you look at the 18-19 season, same thing kind of happens. Milwaukee's the best in the league and like way better than everyone else in the league, which is really kind of strange that that would happen like that. So that number feels like it's off, like we can't keep it there and probably can't keep it at 14.1. But it also doesn't, like that's actually a number where we've had pretty wide range. Um, the Lakers are the number one defense in the league right now by two percentage point, two points per 100 possessions better than anyone else in the league. They're, they're not... They're a slight outlier on their defensive rebounding rate. Their defensive effective field goal percentage is about right. So my quick looking at the four factors of what's sustainable and what's not. This rate plus 11, 12 and 4, you know, winning 75% of our games on pace for an, an 82 game schedule, we would win 62 games it's a little high. Our effective field goal percentage is going to drop. We're not going to shoot it quite as well as we are. Our defensive effective field goal percentage is going to rise. Our free throw rate's likely going to rise. And so, and, and, and that's probably it. What I do think is sustainable is the rate in which we're taking threes, which I think is really important. We're taking 44.5% of our shots as threes. I, I, I think 12% of our shots are corner threes. That might, that's crazy high number. Um, I do think that that's sustainable. Now, we're not getting to the rim nearly as much as we used to. We're, we're down to 21st in the league. Um, we're not taking any long twos. We took one the entire night the other night, which is just a beautiful concept. So it should be interesting to see, but I do, I don't, I've watched all these defenses and everyone trying to stop us taking threes and all we just keep doing is taking threes. And frankly, you know, we've taken 40 or more threes in all but in four of our last, since the first four games of the year. So four of our last 12 games, we, we've took 34 against Brooklyn, which wasn't great. We took 35 against Detroit. We were ahead most of that game by a good margin. We took 37 against Denver and we took 39 against the Pels. Like, you know, we're, we're, everyone's trying to take them away from us. We're getting them up. So I think we'll continue to shoot this rate of threes. And then the question, and I don't think we'll shoot quite as high a rate, right? We're shooting kind of an absurd 41% from three right now. No team in the history of the NBA has ever shot 40% of their shots is threes and shot better than 37%. So that seems like a lot to me. 
Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Chevy. They're located in Woods Cross. They're also located in Logan. The Murdochs have been in Utah for 90 years doing business and part of Chevy and the Americana of the state, the connection, the deep ties to Utah, and the Chevy truck is USA. And the 2021 Silverado right now, sweet looking truck, 0% APR for 72 months. I wonder how I'm going to talk them into letting me drive a Silverado again. I think that was like a one-time special treat. I got to drive around in the Silverado and just love that, like sitting up above everyone, sitting in like a lazy boy chair, just feeling so cool. I don't know how I talk them into that one again. That was that was a cool, darn, darn cool experience to have that Silverado for a little while. I love the Colorado too. The Colorado was like the smaller zippy. You could totally see you using it for everything at all times. It's like the car that makes your life better. Like that was my assumption on the Colorado. It was pretty sweet. Silverado comes in the 1500, the 2500 HD, and the Silverado HD. The Colorado um, is that smaller, more uh, versatile truck, shall we call it. But you can, you can, you know... You can get the, the ZR2 Chevy Colorado soups that baby up and it doesn't look quite as simple. So they're doing some fun things over there at Murdoch Chevy. Stop by in Woods Cross, also in Logan. If you're going to stop by Chevy, feel free to email me first at DLock09 and we'll get you set up for that. It's DLock09 at, uh, at gmail.com. DLock09 at gmail.com. All right. Uh, Locked On Today is out. Make sure you go grab it. Listen to it the minute you're done with the show. I really want you to. I want you to hear what you think. Make it part of your daily listening. I think it's kind of awesome. Um, really like what Peter's doing it. Like how we're using the local experts. Like the cue of the day. Like the two-minute kind of run through all the other stories of the day. So a lot of fun things there. All right, let's look at our trends. Um, trend look is kind of who's doing what over the last two weeks. Uh, and we'll look at it in two different ways. We'll look at the league summary the last two weeks, which is funky because not everyone's playing a lot. And then we'll take a second and look at the NBA data, which is we'll do the last 10 games. These will be similar, but there'll be a little difference. And frankly, the last 10 games, you know, we're only 16 games in is not that different than where we are in the league. So in the last 10, point differential in the last two weeks, Utah's number one in the league at 26.2, according to Cleaning the Glass. Lakers are second. Clippers are third. Memphis is 4-0. They've been shut down now. Plus 7.1. 18th ranked offense, third ranked defense, fourth best differential. It's crazy. Milwaukee is fifth, but they're not, their defense is 16th in the league recently. And then worth noting that Toronto may have figured things out. Toronto, who started so badly six. Teams that are struggling. Oklahoma City's really fallen off the map. New Orleans, who we blew out twice, but is also kind of a mess. Lost a bad game the other way. Cleveland, who's three and three and like eight and nine for the season, which is pretty interesting. Eight and eight for the season, but their differential in the last games don't look good. Orlando's really fallen off the map. And as has Golden State. Miami's a little concerning too. You know, one number, and I posted this on Twitter the other day that I really like to look at is how much you've, how much you've led by periods of time. So 
highest percentage of minutes leading the season. The Bucks are at 70%. The Clippers are at 69%. The Jazz are at 69%. The Lakers are at 64%. Excuse me, at 67 Then you drop to the Hawks and Phoenix at 64 and the Nuggets at 61 So, you know, four teams a little bit better than once. The fewest minutes leading this season I thought was interesting. Oklahoma City, Minnesota, Charlotte, the Magic, not surprising. The Warriors, Pistons, and then the Heat. So they're really scuffling. Highest percentage of minutes leading by 15, Clippers 27%, Jazz 26, Lakers 25, Bucks 24, no one else close. Highest minutes trailing by 15, Minnesota 23, Warriors 18, 19, Heat 19. So a little surprising to have a Heat in those num- in that span there. They've really it's been hard for them. So Golden State, Orlando, Cleveland, New Orleans, surprising. Oklahoma City really falling off the map. I I really thought Stan Van Gundy would make New Orleans good. Over the last 10 games, the best net differential is the Clippers, then the Lakers, then the Jazz. Then Denver, worth keeping an eye on. Denver's heated up. Michael Porter Jr. comes back. Brooklyn's not being mentioned in here, but worth noting that Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden's offensive rating went together as a 126. Their defense is a 121, so they're only plus five, but a 126 is pretty amazing. Clippers have won seven straight, and everyone's talking about Paul George. Kawhi Leonard in that seven-game stretch, 29.6 rebounds, six assists, 57% from the field, 49% from three, and plus 16. Um... And as I mentioned, the Raps have won five to six. I have one more thought for you to keep an eye on on a trend before I leave you today. But over the last 10 games, the five, the best teams are L.A., Lake, two L.A. teams, Jazz, Denver, Milwaukee, then Toronto, and that drops off pretty considerably. Best offense in the league, Clippers, Bucks, Nets, Jazz, Denver, then Toronto's clicked in there, and Portland's staying in. Best defense, Lakers, Grizzlies, Spurs, Jazz, Rockets. Teams in the last 10 that really can't score it. Orlando, Cleveland, Oklahoma City, Memphis, Minnesota, and New York. Not surprising. And the teams that can't stop anyone. Sacramento, the Pelicans. We've played them twice. Brooklyn, not surprising. Washington, Portland, and Orlando. So really, in Nurkic's injury is a crusher. Here's the one if I want you to keep an eye on for me. So... Chris Paul is playing really well. DeAndre Ayton's clicking in. All the things Phoenix wants. Chris Paul, though, I thought this was interesting. They played back-to-back with Denver, both double overtime games. Where Chris Paul, who had not had only played over 31 minutes once all year, played 38 and 42 minutes in back-to-back games, and in the previous, including those games, in the last six games, Chris Paul is shooting 25% from three, which would lead you to believe that like there's beginning to be some legs issues. Now, and they're minus 4.3 with him on the floor in this time period. Now, a little bit of that's because he had a really bad game against Detroit, so if you wanted to eliminate that game and take it out and just go to his last five games, the last six games, He's plus one, but he's not having that big an impact. He's shooting 22% from three. He doesn't go to the free throw line at all anymore. And they are two and four in their last six games. 
They're two and five in their last seven games as Phoenix. And Chris Paul just played back-to-back 39-minute games. Keep an eye on that. That is Locked On Jazz today. Go listen to Locked On today. Its debut is up. This is the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.